we, we are able to replace in some aspect almost every organ neck down but the brain it's we've not cracked that holy grail if something is wrong with the brain i can tell you it's all about mitigation there's really nothing much to be done welcome to creating wellness moments the podcast where we dive into the depths of the human psyche self-discovery and personal growth i'm calvin wong your host and fellow explorer on this journey towards mental well-being join me as we uncover inspiring stories expert insights and practical tips to cultivate a healthier and happier life. Get ready to embark on a transformative experience one episode at a time. Let's create wellness moments together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creating Wellness Moments. So today's episode touches on a mental health topic that is often overlooked and that is our brain health. Uh, Cognitive decline can happen as early as our 20s or 30s ultimately leading up to dementia, Alzheimer's, mental illnesses, and more. But thankfully, we have an industry leader here today. Uh, Neurowiser is here to help us maintain a healthy brain, which brings me to today's special guest. And that's actually Neurowiser's chief digital uh, neuroscientist, Nav Fidge. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about brain health. Thanks for having me, Calvin. It's a topic that I enjoy talking a lot about. And it's a perfect opportunity. And so what I understand from your website, that Neurowiser actually has something called a digital brain function screen. How does that work exactly? Absolutely. So um, we chose the name really carefully. The digital brain function screen, it's exactly as the name suggests. It's a digital tool that's built on uh, neuroscientific and clinical principles. And it allows for our users, for our patients, and members of the public to check the health of their brain function. It's done very simply, accessed purely through a web browser, so no clunky you know, applications to download or anything. It takes someone on average about 15 minutes to complete the test, and it allows us to develop a clinical-grade report to observe uh, in, in deeper detail the health or the function of your brain. I see. And from that how early would you say someone should actually start doing this kind of brain screen? So there is um, a more robust way uh, to think about this. So let, let, let me talk you through a little bit about neurodevelopment, <laughs> just in case you have some viewers that are interested in that idea. So if you look at the way our brains develop right till you're around 28, 29, and this is universal, this is global, it's outside of your ethnicity and your race or any other sort of confounding factors. As you develop, into your late 20s, so still about 29, 30 years old, your brain is in a state of absorbing lots of information. So in fact, if anyone is listening and they're younger, please use the 20s to learn as much as you can. Uh, that's when your brain is absorbing. It's very sponge-like, absorbing everything. But when you get about 30 years old and onwards, your brain starts to try to become very efficient. So it starts to prune the neurons. It starts to reduce areas or connections that you have not really used. So you start to become much more of an expert in a particular field that has you know, generated some sort of an emotional excitement to you, a passion, we call it. And then you start getting better in that. So your brain says, well, I know, for example, Calvin, you want to be interested in this particular thing, so we're going to chuck some other things away. So you know, we'll give you more efficiency, and you'll be even more of an expert in that. So naturally, then the idea from a neuroscience point of view is that at 30 years old and onwards, your brain starts to prune unnecessary connections and neurons. So we call that decline. Now decline not in a negative way. Decline in a way that the brain starts to 
kill particular synapses and neurons. So because of that reason, the recommendation from neuroscientists, neurospecialists is at age 30 and onwards, you should, as you, and around that age, most people start looking at health screenings. They look at the health of your heart, the health of your organs, and the most important organ is the brain. So from 30 and onwards, it's very important as part of your health hygiene process to, in a simple manner, check the health and functioning of your brain. As you progress every year by doing this, it's a very good practice to do if you do this every year. And then subtle changes and differences can be found out much earlier, as per any other organ in your body. I see. So it's more about gathering data and having this so you're prepared to see almost like the early intervention approach, right? Uh, yes. And it's unfortunate when we look at brain health and we look at, you know, over the last decade, and a lot of people are misguided with the thought that brain function is something, or I'll go to the specialist for the brain only really when something is, you know, either I'm really old or something is gone wrong. I've forgotten the name of a loved one. We have cases, we have patients who have uh, forgotten how to drive home after having driven the same route every day for years. And it's very scary. And then they end up at a, you know, at a clinic and a specialist clinic. And that's far often too late. Um, and so the reason is we don't pay enough homage to the health of our brain. I'll give you an example. And a lot of people, especially in Singapore, we're very um, excited and very diligent about going for health checkups and health screening. Because we are very much, you know, I see the younger generation in the late 20s and the 30s now and working adults, they are very focused on preventative health. They'd much rather pay to remain healthy for a long period of time rather than fall into a disease risk at a, at a particular age. So it's the same as someone checking, for example, cholesterol. And I have many friends who do this. They'll come to me and say, Nev, um, you know, we're going out tomorrow, but can we change the restaurant? Because I just got my uh, health screening results and my cholesterol is high and I can't have eggs and I can't have salt, you know, and suddenly they're this sort of health bend, which is great, which is good. But having high cholesterol doesn't mean this individual is going to develop heart disease tomorrow. And in the same way with the brain, rather than waiting for something more sinister to happen without our knowledge, takes 10, 15 years for these things to develop, check when you're healthy. So just as every other organ, when it becomes, when it declines even slightly, you will not realize, but the test will show. And that allows us to motivate you to improve your lifestyle, manage other health risks that you may be at, to keep your brain as healthy for the longest period of time. And that's why it's really important to look at the brain as part of a healthy hygiene process. Yeah, for sure. There's one thing that really stuck out to me. What you said was the brain is the most important organ. And I think most of us, including myself, really forget that the brain is actually an organ. Right? <laughs> Yeah, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I have people tell me, when we, you know, we, we talked about mental health when we, when we were introducing our conversation, and a lot of people tell me, you know, Nav, the brain is, you know, we use it for, you know, solving maths problems when you're at uni, or like, you know, think, remembering something, remembering a name. But, you know, my emotion, that's, that's from the heart. That's not from the brain. <laughs> Unfortunately, your brain runs everything, everything in your body. Yeah. Uh, all your physiological conditions, how healthy your heart is, how healthy your organs are performing, how stable your mental state is. Everything runs primarily from the first question of how healthy your brain is. And, and so you're right in saying that we often forget that the brain is an organ. We often forget that it's the most important organ because, and I'm sure you agree with me on this, uh, most of the health checks that we do are neck down, right? It's, it's, it's not a head to toe, even though some claim it is, it's a neck down health checkup. And, if you look at modern science today, and we're going to evolve, modern medicine is evolving every day, we're, we, we are able to replace in some aspect 
almost every organ neck down. But the brain, it's we've not cracked that holy grail. If something is wrong with the brain, I can tell you it's all about mitigation. There's really nothing much to be done. So the only thing to support brain health is early and preventative mechanisms and observing how healthy your brain is. Okay. So you mentioned this importance of early detection intervention. Uh, for example, what if uh, someone's already noticing their brain decline, maybe someone who's in their 50s or 60s, yep. and now they're in a situation where they almost want to reverse their cognitive brain decline. Is that something possible? Absolutely. So cognitive decline, we call this mild cognitive impairment, MCI. You know, you'll start hearing this term a lot more prevalent in, in in uh, you know modern society today. So this spectrum of cognitive decline is a very large spectrum. So dementia sits at the end of it. The start of it is early cognitive decline, which is what we're trying to look at. This takes 20 years in the making. It's one of the most slowest progressing disease. So someone in their 50s, and we have patients that come in. If you speak to primary care, I can tell you this. Second biggest complaint in Singapore is forgetfulness, brain fog, you know, sometimes it's related to headaches and some people put it off to not sleeping well and stress at work, but it could be something more sinister. We just don't know. We can't assume that it's lack of sleep. So if someone in their 50s, first I would say go and do a brain test. <laughs> go and check the health of your brain. If you're feeling forgetful, if you feel you're foggy, if you feel confused, check the health of your brain. Because at any time you check, we baseline it. Baselining is hugely important in any health mechanism. So that's number one. Secondly, there are non-medicative ways of improving the function of your brain. Um, lifestyle is a huge addition. Alcohol, smoking, um, that is on the preventative side. So negate those vices. But on the positive side, including certain types of diet, I can tell you the Mediterranean, uh, Mediterranean diet is a fantastic diet for improving brain function. It's been validated in many journals across the world. So the Mediterranean diet is a very good diet to do. Um, diet and exercise, and exercise releases a very powerful neurotransmitter. I won't go into that now in, 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 in what it is. So it's, a, it's, it's like a fertilizer for the brain. It's very powerful. 30 minutes, or depending on your age and your ability, 30 minutes of high heart rate activity releases this neurotransmitter. And there has been amazing studies done worldwide um, that prove that just lifestyle modification helps to improve and mitigate the uh, brain decline. But let me carry out this answer with a bit more of a medical concern. If we just keep doing this sort of improving our lifestyle, but we don't add checks like this in, which are very objective checks, if we don't, then we may not know if we are improving using this particular function. So someone in their 50s who, let's say, doesn't do a, a, a brain check, but says I'm forgetful, and then goes on this six months of Mediterranean diet, lots of exercise. At the end of the six months, this person's cue or observation of their brain function, again, is very subjective. How many points have you improved? Have you really improved? Maybe today is just a good day and I feel particularly positive and optimistic and I say, yes, I have gotten better. And on a bad day, I'm like, no, actually, I don't think I've gotten better. So adding objective, medically regulated checks allows for healthcare professionals or allows for your doctor to say, if we are doing all these right things, but still we are noticing a decline, let's investigate further. Let's look into the health of your brain in a different way. There could be something we're going to pick up much earlier on because we have this objective capabilities at observing. Hey there, amazing listeners. Before we dive deeper in today's insightful conversation, I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to the driving force behind this podcast, my very own mental health-focused creative production agency, Calvin Wong Media. As you know, 
Creating Wellness Moments is all about exploring the depths of the human psyche and fostering personal growth. And guess what? It would not be possible if it were not for Calvin Wong Media. We conceptualize, humanize, and bring your story to life using unique storytelling techniques that engages the audience. So, the next time you're inspired by an episode or find yourself engaged in a thought-provoking conversation here, remember, that's the result of the support of Calvin Wong Media and its lovely kinds. If you're looking to amplify your message, tell your story with authenticity, and connect with your audience on a deeper level, reach out to us at calvinwallmedia.com. Now back to the conversation on creating wellness moments. Yeah, there's two things that really stuck out to me when you mentioned this. One was having the objective view, and the second being having that baseline, right? Yes. As you said, you know, someone who's trying to change your lifestyle and they say they might feel better, but we have no baseline evidence to prove that they're actually feeling better. And having said that, in your digital brain function screen, what are you exactly looking for and what kind of tests do you perform to get these outcomes? Sure. So these are purely objective tests. So when I say objective tests, they are not surveys when we ask you questions. And you may have seen these things like, you know, Calvin, have you, do you think you're more forgetful in the last three weeks than, you know, compared to the last three months? And one to 10, rate forgetfulness. So subjective cues are not very good because we, you know, most people are unaware of how well the brain is functioning. So these are very objective and very gamified little interactions. You connect the dots, you know, from A to B, you remember tiles that are highlighted. There's something you would have maybe seen before. There are a little bit of games you may have been familiar with. So there are 10 of them. Uh, they run purely again, like I said, on a browser, and based on your interactions and how you, you know, you complete the game and how long you take to do it, we're able to derive this, you know, this medical report, and we are able to look at the most important score, overall brain, overall brain function score. So that's you know, going to help us baseline you over the years, and we do break it out into some subdomains. We call it subdomains of brain function, which is attention and focus, your immediate memory, which is you know immediate recall. And then there is something we call working memory. And working memory is a very big part of your cognition. Uh, I'll give you an example of what working memory is. You know, some people may not know what is this working memory. Um, you know, I'm sure you've used uh, banking apps before. And uh, so a lot of people complain it's very difficult because you try to do a transaction and suddenly they SMS you a six number OTP, one time password. Or sometimes in some, I've seen there's eight numbers also. Then you're supposed to memorize the eight numbers, close the SMS screen, go back into the banking screen, and then suddenly you're like, what is the six numbers? Then you try and like, oh my God, is it this? And you've got 30 seconds to do it. So that's working memory, holding information, being able to manipulate it, and then regurgitate it at a later stage based on what the output is needed from you. So working memory is tested. And last of all, we test something called executive function. Um, a lot of people get confused. They say, I'm not working. I'm not an executive. Why are you testing my executive function? But executive function is actually exquisite or very sophisticated thinking, complex problem solving, even driving home. It's a very complex cognitive task. So executive function looks at your ability to do a multiple cognitive activities at once. So the report is fairly detailed with the overall brain function and then done longitudinally, uh, longitudinally we can observe for overall as well as the subdomain movements, you know, as you progress in life. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned a few different aspects and correct me if I'm wrong here, you talked about executive function at the end, which is part of our prefrontal cortex. Um, yep. Arguably, I, I believe it's the newest 
part of uh, the human brain and something that we're still maybe developing. I'm not really sure. Maybe you could touch on this. And sure. all these things here, can we actually work on these things so we could actually improve our working memory, our executive function, Yes. all these things? Yes, each and every one of these domains are um, able to be worked on to improve. And they are processes that are easy. Um, you know, improving your brain health uh, doesn't involve expensive gym memberships and special devices that you stick to your head and run electric currents on it. Um, it's a very interesting organ, very fluid, very sponge-like. And, you know, as of the last decade, I'm sure you'd have heard of the word neuroplasticity. Uh, this old age phrase, you know, you can't teach old dog new tricks. That's uh, a failure in the eyes of neuroscience. Everyone at any age can learn. So there are many ways to improve uh, very specific um, activities in the brain, like working memory. But as much as you may read these things uh, outside and you may say, like, even in the reports that we have when we send it to patients, there are uh, recommendations on how to improve each of these functions. But you will realize that most activities overlap. That means in for example, Sudoku, that's very good, by the way. Crossword puzzles, very good, by the way. These little things that you do overlap in, because you have to pay attention. You have to sustain attention to utilize logical thinking, which is executive function, to complete said activity. So they are overlapping uh, cognitive domains when you start to want to improve. The base idea, no matter what age you are, is don't plateau on one activity. So if you keep trying new activities, it allows for your brain to develop new connections and remain quite strong and quite fluid even later in your life. Um, there's a whole other method actually outside of you know uh, the, the things that people know playing certain board games and video games are pretty good also as long as you keep the hours under check. But things like crossword puzzles and Sudoku, but there are other things, for example, uh, learning new languages, um, uh, going for an trips to places you've never been, even visiting places in Singapore or where you live that you've never seen before. So this is about making new memories. So when you add sensory input to your brain, it becomes alive. And this is why you'll find in a lot of uh, care centers for elderly, there are sensory gardens invoking smells and they have pebbles so that you can feel texture. Um, there's sights, flowers with different colors. So making new memories, going to new places are very powerful extremely powerful ways at maintaining and improving your brain function. Okay, now it's starting to click the dots for me here where the need of the brain scan combined with how you could improve and it, how you really can improve isn't as hard as I thought it might be. And it's go. really just um, getting new experiences, right? And challenging yourself, right? And it's uh, like, I'm sure everyone loves to travel, right? It's a great thing, especially now that the pandemic's open and learning yeah. new languages. I can maybe take a personal approach to this. So I only speak two languages. I speak English and Cantonese. However, Singapore people speak Mandarin here. So I'm trying yes. to learn now. Fantastic. And, and the way you think changes because yes. with the different languages, how they even the sentence structure how they describe things is very different than let's just use english as a comparison right and uh, yeah, absolutely correct in that type of thinking is that why you would build new neural pathways yes 
So these tasks are quite sophisticated tasks, learning a new language. So not only you build new connections, but you build and strengthen connections in and between different regions of your brain. So that really helps to strengthen it. You see what I talked about when we are 30 and above and your brain starts to prune, we call it, you know. If you keep focusing on activities or tasks that you do only and you only do those, you'll find that it weakens a lot of the other parts of our brain. Things like your memory will get weakened. So creating new memories are important. And recently in Singapore, oh no, not even recently, a couple of months ago, we had an amazing afternoon at a elderly care home. We met this uh, 83-year-old lady, found her to be such an inspiration. She was 83. Her brain function scores were absolutely perfect. At 83, there was not even a flag, which you would expect because um, this is normal brain decline. But she had almost none, you know. And I spoke to her for a good half an hour and I asked her, "What's your? what do you do? What's, tell me about your daily life. And uh, she says, well, you know, my husband retired, so we've got a lot of time on our hands. He loves playing chess. I've never played chess a day in my life. And I have to, like, you know, find ways to spend time with him. It's six, seven more hours in a day. So I'm, I've decided to learn to play chess. So I'm now a chess player for the last three months. And uh, we're going for clarinet classes together. So they're doing things at, at that age that are outside of what their brains are used to, something different that they have been training themselves in. That really elevates the health and function of your brain. This is a whole new genre, and we see many more of these people, and they're called super ages. So rather than observing any natural decline, they are stagnating and improving their brain function from 30 onwards well into the late 80s. And so super aging is not a myth anymore. It's a, it's a very strong possibility. So even if you're 50, you're not old. Cognitively, you're young. <laughs> you can do a lot uh, to maintain and improve brain function. That's a very beautiful story that you just shared. However, maybe just from your own professional experience through NeuroWiser, what are some of the kind of inspirational stories that we've seen from, you know, the people attending these brain screenings and taking the advice of bettering their brain health? Can you share sure. maybe one of those stories? Sure, sure. You know, besides this, that, that amazing uh, lady that we met, there are many other interesting cases that we've, we've seen. There's a, a lot of them, I can tell you, if I put them in a bucket, a lot of uh, Singaporeans are suffering through, we call it comorbidities. You know, there are nothing sinister, things like diabetes, uh, hyperlipidemia, I mean, you know, high cholesterol, hypertension, blood pressure is very common in Singapore. And a lot of people try to do something about it, but they lapse, you know, they're like, well, the food is so great here. <laughs> then they, they kind of get a bit too overexcited and they lose, lose track a little bit of how to adhere to that, you know, that better uh, medication and treatment. Then they do the brain function. And um, after a couple of months or seven months, they come back and do it. They realize, oh, there's a little bit of a drop and they panic a bit. And we find that just in you observing the health of their brain and you can see that light up in the eyes, they just never knew before that, there's such a sort of there's an easy way at I, that, at the, which I can observe, you know, how my brain is doing. And they, you know, Asians being very competitive, uh, they gamify. So they want to see, it's like an exam, they want to do better. So this person comes back seven months later with a list of how he has adhered to improve his diabetes control. And I want to do the brain function now and I want to see a better score. It was like someone studying hard for an, for an exam, which is a great thing because his scores were actually better. Um, which also means that his diabetic control was also better. So this person overall, you can see he's on the mend and he's starting to improve. What we don't want is while we are trying to manage all these other types of you know, diseases or chronic disease that we lose to this very sinister neurodegenerative or brain disorder or brain diseases later in life. So 
very inspirational to see how people suddenly use the health of their brain because they tie it in with so many things. They tie their health of their brain to the effect of their personality, to how charismatic and vibrant they are, to how um, they have many ideas and they are the go-to people in the family for being creative. You know, they tie everything to the brain. So everyone has a personal little story about how valuable the health of their brain is. And when you allow them to observe and check and make improvements on, then they hold those things so dear that you can see the motivation and drive is you know very high. You don't go around the world finding people, you know, you won't meet people who say, you know, Calvin, I'm very proud of my heart. I have a very powerful heart. It beats well. No, nobody says that. You know, but people put a lot of value to who they are and without realizing it, it they tie it to the health and functionality of their brain. That's one thing you, you know you want to keep because it's um, you know, it's your value and worth. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all these things with me. And I was, if there's one thing really that I've learned is to really just challenge yourself to new experiences. And that would be a great way to have not only longer health, uh, brain health ex especially, but as well as to grow as a person, I think that's very important. Absolutely. So, Spot on, Kevin. Yeah. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing here at NeuroWiser. And in terms of the future, how do you really see this landscape in terms of more people doing brain function scans and how this will change how people see the brain actually being an organ and it's something that we should be taking care of? Um, yes. So, you know, in the answer that a big part of what we do is also to create education and awareness about something that has been sort of forgotten and not really talked about you know there's a lot of taboo around it so we do a lot of work and a lot of effort in in really creating education and awareness and we do this with amazing partners you know like yourself and partners in the healthcare field and different doctors and so it's really important our big goal at neurowiser you know in being sort of these experts in brain health is really to democratize brain health for everyone personally this this holds uh, close to home for me because no matter who you meet, you will find that people will tell you that the brain being an exquisite organ is the most expensive organ. Um, I can't afford it. Brain health is for, no, 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 there's nothing I can think about. It's not democratized enough. We want people, anybody to feel that at any point they have access to quality uh, tools that support the longevity of their brain. And so democratizing it is a big goal for us. And that's what you know, we look to as a long-term goal uh, for our community here in uh, this part of the world. Oh, thank you for that insight. Appreciate you coming on the show. Let's all create more wellness moments together. And thank you, you, Yeah, thank you, Nav. <laughs>